in fact, when you start talking about the things that are holding you back and you lean into them and confidently and boldly face them, it's actually powerful, not weakness. Welcome to Your Next Chapter, the podcast dedicated to providing you with the game changers and experts to tackle the next chapter of your life. Whether you want to start a business, switch your career, or just get inspired, I provide you the guests to give you tactics, strategies, and mindsets to build the life you want and crush your next chapter. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If this is your first episode, well, welcome. My guest today is Zach Marcy from Miami, Florida. He is a mind-body transformation coach. Zach has been doing this for over 20 years, and when I spoke to him initially, what really intrigued me about Zach was that he said he started off as a personal trainer and that he would help people achieve their fitness goals, but he'd see them six months, a year later, and he found that the work that they had done would be sabotaged, would be gone. They wouldn't be able to stick with the goals of the fitness regime that they had set up. And what he found really interesting about this is that in order to make true lasting transformation, he found you had to transform the mind. It wasn't just about shifting the body. It wasn't about just reaching a certain weight or getting that six pack or being able to bend pressures amount. You had to be able to understand what really drove you and having a deeper sense of why. And he found he had to really connect with the mental side as well. It wasn't just about the physical. And so I really want to talk to Zach about that, why we have to have that mind-body connection in order to create long-lasting change in our lives. This podcast, just so you know, early on the first 20 minutes is really me and Zach having a powwow. For those of you that want to know Zach and on a deeper level and what got him into this space. We really dive into that. And it's funny how we come from similar backgrounds. But if you really wanna get into the practical, which is the part that I always love, is jump 20 minutes ahead because that's really where you get tactical strategies and things like that. But if you really, if you know Zach and you wanna hear more about his story and how we kinda got into this space, then definitely check out the first 20 minutes. So without further ado, here is Zach Marcy. With me on the line, I got Zach Marcy. Zach, thank you so much for joining me and my audience today. What's going on, Mr. Philip Serpinski? Actually, I have to give my sign even though nobody can see it. <laughs> That's just my thing. That and I got to show off my, my Van Halen. Eddie, actually, it's Eddie Van Halen shirt. But Well, you know, we are recording the video, so maybe I'll do like a behind the scenes for your people. You never know and just have like a limited sneak peek of video. So somebody there's, might see your signs. You never know. Don't, don't just <laughs> White boy doing the air guitar. Brother, thank you for joining me today and the audience. And we were having a bit of a pow before this. And so I hope we'll get into that at some point later on the podcast. But I want to start off. This is my famous question for my podcast. If your life was a book title, what would be the title of your book? And let's start at that point. The Epic Life. The Epic Life. Nice. The Epic Life. So if you think about any epic you know, and we're, we're talking just stories that are bigger than, I mean, they transcend time. I mean, the Bible in particular is an epic, just a bunch of stories put together. Um, I mean, the Iliad, the Odyssey, things like that. It's literally living a life so big that your legacy carries on past your actual breath, the epic life. So my mission and is to live that big of an epic life that my legacy transcends even my physical existence and my corporeal existence here on earth, but also 
to teach others to become that kind of person as well, to live that epic legacy type of life, to step into their power and leave a legend so big because they've had such an impact that their life is bigger than just the human existence here on earth. And so I got to ask, how are you doing that? Like, what is the framework? What are you building in your day-to-day life to leave behind that kind of legacy for yourself? Oh, I thought after all that explanation, I'd just drop the mic and walk off, man. You mean we've, we've got to talk more now? <laughs> um, no, man. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, there's so many gaps that, that we miss as human beings because we're imperfect. So there's a way inside of the framework, especially what, what I do, which is the title that we give it is Mind Body transformation and it's cultivating a person to be the best version of themselves every single day for the rest of their life in four superior pillar areas and that's personal professional physiological and psycho-spiritual which used to be psychological but I have had a recent revelation that the heart leads the head and it needs to go in that order. So it's psycho spiritual. That seems like a pretty big shift that the heart leads the head because a lot of people think the head leads the heart. And so that's a paradigm shift. That's like game changing. And for you, because that shifts everything that you do, I would assume. Completely. In fact, it kind of, um, undid about, let's see, 20 now let's say about 17 18 years worth of like documents that i had used for doing presentations and all sorts of stuff yeah like i've got a lot of dated material i've had to update and it it was a huge paradigm shift that created a lot of work on the back end but you know what suddenly we're getting three four times the impact simply by leading by a passionate purpose first and foremost and then connecting the strategy inside of the head to that passionate purpose. I'm watching people more motivated and just doing well, for lack of better terms. Actually, that's a great term, living epic lives, man. Amazing. And I, I want to get to that paradigm shift and what caused it. But before we go there, talk a bit about yourself, what you do in a day-to-day. What does your current chapter look like? What do you do in your day-to-day for people that don't know you? Like you're at a cocktail party and somebody asks, what does Zach do? How do you answer that question? Well, as I said, I'm a mind-body transformation coach, and my primary, let's say, avatar is working with the high achiever, the busy professional, or the entrepreneur to live that epic life and make sure that they get all four areas of their pillars in alignment so there's no one weak point. They reach their absolute potential, and they can do their best work. So I would say say I optimize every area of like a high achiever, a busy professional or an entrepreneur's life to do epic work. Um, say you came into me, first thing I would do is a 360 degree review assessment um, from blood work to uh, questions about your personal life, professional life, etc. I'd interview some people around you too some of the people that have the most significant relationships with you get an opinion formed of what you're looking to do. Then we start doing work figuring out your biggest needle movers that we need to focus on. And also some of the biggest weak points that we need to bring up. So you really do a deep dive. Like if you're interviewing 
you know, use me as an example, two or three of my peers, call it family, siblings, whatever, you're really going into it and getting to know people at a higher level to really be able to understand what's happening there and transform their lives. If I do a 360 degree like executive program, yeah, well, I'll go that deep. And I only hold a handful of spots to do that. But then I have differing coaching regimens here in between. And, you know, some of them aren't as intensive and I'll use certain frameworks, you know, man, I've been doing this a long time. So it's almost like, you know, I have Batman's tool belt where I can pull out pretty much any little toy for any situation nowadays. Um, and quite frankly, if I don't have something, I can make something up and find some kind of resource to be able to tap into to do it. So yeah. And I have a lot of fun. I, it, first and foremost, like you have to have fun first. And if somebody in my coaching relationship isn't a fun experience, then we usually wind up parting ways. But yeah, exactly. Cut the cord. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's a fun journey. And I love working with people that challenge me. People that have really big, ambitious goals and are just willing to play full out and do everything that it takes in order to be their best self. Speaking about the journey, though, talk a bit about what made you get into this. You've been doing this for over two decades. You said, like, what led you to this point to kind of get to where you are today? Man, it is funny you're saying that. I'm releasing my own podcast. I'm, I had went on hiatus for a year um, to rebrand, and I'm releasing my podcast, the Epic Life Series, here in January. And the very first um, episode is on how to have crazy courage and confidence. Like that's the entire like framework of it. And I talk about the story of how I got into neuro-linguistic programming. And it was all, and here it is, man. The guy that's been doing this for two decades admits that he got into this just to learn how to talk to the freaking girls, man. I was so shy and insecure and felt so little compared to all these like big country-fed uh Georgia boys around me and I wanted to be able to confidently and boldly approach girls. And so I started into personal development. And the next thing I know, I'm like, I'm able to like craftily craft these amazing like pickup lines and stuff. And I realized just how much of it was between my ears and it wasn't anything outside of that. And it really wasn't that hard. And so I started diving into utilizing that in other areas. So there you go. I, and I haven't really admitted that openly to that many people. You guys get that, that as an exclusive before I even produce my podcast where I admit it there. <laughs> well, it's so funny because I'm going to go to the exact same place. And a lot of people don't know about me, but I got into psychology and kind of studying change because I wanted to get better at approaching women. And I got really into the dating and pickup community. And it was like a five-year rabbit hole for me. And then I actually <laughs> was working for a company called Social Fluency that taught social skills to guys to be less shy. And when they moved to San Francisco, I was like, well, I want to keep helping people, but I didn't know what that was going to look like. And that's when I pivoted. And I didn't want to be a dating coach that wasn't really for me. I'm like, I want to help people build the best possible lives. I'm like, but I learned all these communication skills. I've always been a communicator. I'm like, what can I do? And that's where my podcast came in. I think this is really why we connect wow. on so many levels, right? So it's funny how... We both had the same starting point in different years, different times, but definitely very similar path. It's hilarious. 
I mean, even even just throwing this out there, I I, I'm, it, I guess just because we're coming from an authentic place, I'm going to go ahead and tell the story, especially since it's going to like endear me to the the listeners, probably because they realize that although I'm able to do all this work with people, I am a human being too, you know? Like I have these thoughts, these fears, all of these things. I just have some really cool skills now uh, to be able to pull myself and others out of it. Anyway, um, getting into the, the dating life and finding neuro-linguistic programming, which I'm a master practitioner of, and just uh, psychology in general, I started getting into a lot of the chat boards, which I'm going to date myself here because this is back when like IRC was around and I managed to be, oh man, this is, I'm almost even blushing admitting this man, but I actually used to be and run the largest, let's call it seduction, um, IRC chat board on the web and it was alt.seduction.com com i believe all dot seduction.com it used to be mine <laughs> I, think I've seen, I was on that at one time. you probably were dude <laughs> it's funny how many people have followed i'm i'm still friends to this day with a lot of them and i found the guy that created i i found my original mentor of neurolinguistic programming who did both the um practitioner master practitioner certification with me i actually found him through there one of his former students ross jeffries aka paul ross um who created speed seduction basically used a lot of his patterns in nlp and a lot of his um frameworks in order to create speed seduction and sure enough um i had a friendly rivalry with with ross jeffries at one point in time man i cannot believe i'm even talking about this at this point this is good shit man <laughs> but i'm still friends to this day and i managed to make friends with uh kendrick cleveland my original neurolinguistic programming trainer master trainer so man those, those are good days and it led me into very similar to what happened with you you know i was i was studying psychology in college and yeah at a certain point you learn how to pick up women and you know it was so much less about getting laid per se and it was so much more about actually connecting with women and being able to communicate with them but yet there was that dark side of it and you saw all these guys that were going out and using it just to screw girls over and i hated that man it felt dirty as hell to me and i didn't want to be a part of it anymore i wanted to actually empower the world so i kind of started shifting and working more with guys that felt less than confident of talking to girls but always had made them come to an agreement that they would use it for the best, not for going out and just getting laid. And needless to say, um, I outgrew that really quick and started doing more of the personal development and getting into resistance training or lifting weights and exercise. And the next thing I know, I'm utilizing all the psychology I'm learning. I'm utilizing all of the NLP to help people transform physically and mentally at the same time. And I can certainly relate that there's a lot of good and bad in that world. And for me, I found that it led to a lot of shallow relationships and just a lot of sex. And so it wasn't necessarily a healthy thing. And I recognized that and I was like, I want to go deeper. I know deep down I'm more of a genuine human being than this and it's not how I wanted to live. And so that's really when I shifted and started looking at what other alternatives, how can I apply some things that I've learned in my knowledge to help people and empower people and make the world a better place. And so sometimes you start in a darker place, but it leads to a positive place and you just got to take the positive spin on it is what it comes down to. 
I actually, you know, and kind of look at it like this. There were people that were utilizing it as a negative thing, but my intention was always just to be able to boldly and confidently better communicate with women and teach guys that would not be able to have that same kind of communication to be able to give them a chance to say, Hey, you know what? I'm just as good as the jock or, you know, the guy that looks like he should be on the Calvin Klein underwear model. Like it, it, I always wanted to work with those guys. The dark side of it just started popping up. I mean, it's just like, if we're going to use star Wars references, you know, it's so seductive and it's, it's really, it's there. But dark side. The funny thing is, is the more, and this is a brilliant segue into getting into like, you know, more of the empowerment talk. Um, the thing I, I realized over the course of helping these people is it was easy to help guys get laid. Like that was really, really easy. The hard part was teaching guys to communicate on such a level and to create like lasting relationships. Dude, that's hard. That is really hard. Hard to keep these amazing women. Hard to, and remember, I'm only talking about uh, women per se, but all of these skills could be used men to men, women to women, uh, men to women, women to men, etc. But the hard part was deepening those relationships and taking those exact same skills and being able to work on yourself from an ecological or a like becoming a better person point of view that became a, an even bigger challenge. So it made me want to step into that, not just from an ecology point of view of always wanting to do no harm and have my work be something that was amazing, making the world a better place. But also it was the fact that there was another challenge and it was significantly harder than just getting somebody's phone number or going out on a date with them. Like, Having somebody completely redefine who they are and then step into their power and be able to live this amazing life free of, you know, free of the debilitating fears and phobias and all these things. That, that was sexy to me, man. And hard. Really difficult. I wanted that challenge. And that's when I stepped into my power there. Let's go to transfer and talk a bit about this because I know you had before, I'm glad to hear that you're launching your podcast again. You had another one and you were about to bring Lewis Howes onto the podcast and right before you brought Lewis Howes on, you canceled it. But really what I remember when we last talked, you saying was that the podcast wasn't getting the right avatar, the person that you really wanted to. You found as a lot of people, I believe it was, you know, very much on like build the six pack, get strong, but it wasn't about that mind transformation that you're going for. So talk a bit about, you know, why you decided to end that podcast and, you know, why is it important? What I want to get into here is like the mind body connection, because I find that if you just do the body transformation, not a lot really happens. The results aren't as efficient. Why do the two need to be interconnected from your point of view and all the work that you've done? I love the fact that you are asking me about the mind body connection because I actually have a paradigm of um, and I don't know if you're familiar with who Elliot Hulse is. Um, it, no, I don't. Probably one of the, it, it, I guarantee you about 90% of the people that are listening to this know who Elliot is. He's probably one of the most famous, we'll call him an internet trainer, but he's a, he's a, a business coach. He's also a personal development coach. He shows up as, he's a powerful human being. And I remember when I was going through his strengthology course, 
he and I were off having a conversation and we were talking about the same things. Like, you know, I have the four pillars of uh, four areas of the four pillars of life. And he calls his, the four pillars of strength. But we were both on the same level as like, there is no difference or connection between the mind and the body. They are one in the same. So, so many people are segmenting this as if they are different, but the blunt truth is the mind is the body. You go and you kill the mind, you're dead. Like you have no life. There is no you. So the distinction becomes taking a level back and saying, okay, if the mind isn't right, nothing else can follow because they're all interrelated. So making that distinction that the mind is the body, there's no way that you can just transform the body without going for some kind of psycho-spiritual connection first unless you're just going to get a small temporary change. But to get lasting and true transformation, you have to, you have to create habits. You have to connect to why are you doing whatever you're going to do, my, whether it's eating healthy, whether it's um, taking your time and the energy to wake up an hour early and get up and work out? Why the hell are you going to do that? Hell, the bed is, is a wondrous thing, you know? And willpower and short-term goals or just getting to a certain body fat percent, it, it's only a temporary willing yourself to do it thing. But when you understand that there is no separation between mind and body and you are doing this to be the best version of yourself, you understand working out, empowering yourself through eating healthy and living this ideal lifestyle, it's something that you do because you love yourself, because you want to be the best you. You are putting first things first. I hope I answered the question. Um, it, it's an esoteric kind of paradigm shift. Yeah. We're good? Good. You said okay. the why, you know, connect it back to your why. Like, why are you doing this to get this shape? And so instantly what comes up for me, and I've never really shared this on a podcast before, but it's, I've always thought of myself as a surfer. And so in six months, I would love to be on a beach. This is the goal and intention right now in Australia, doing my podcast, surfing, because I've been obsessed with surfing for like my whole life. Like when I was in high school, guys would like on the inside, their locker would have like pictures of hot girls and like cars. I'd have like surfing and waves, like for whatever reason, it's always been oh, that's cool. thing. And so when I work out in my whole life, it's always been like, you know, just get into the shape of like a surfer, right? And I kind of look at guys that surf and like, what is it? And I've surfed you know, several months of my life, but I've never like lived on a beach for like an extended period of time. And so I've always had like, I don't want to get big. I don't want to get jacked, but it's like, I want to have this surfer body. So everything I do is around like balance, flexibility, you know, like stamina. And so that's really my why. And that's what I'm connecting it back to you. It's just like, and I'm not trying to get a body fat percentage. I'm not trying to get a certain size. It's for me to be able to do that activity and function at a high level in that and when you have that why i believe is what you're saying is that's how you're able to keep motivated and do it in a way where you're not doing it forcing it through willpower is what it comes well to. let me i'm going to take you a meta level deeper meta being a level above your why isn't the surfer's body what does surfing represent to you what what does that lifestyle what does that body what is like there, there's so many other deeper meta levels higher. What does that mean to you? Freedom. Oh, see that right there. 
So you have a you have a representation inside of your head of what freedom means and the lifestyle of a surfer, the body of a surfer, that that way of being, that's a powerful why. That is underlying true underlying motivation. It just comes out and is represented in your mind and in your heart as a surfer's lifestyle, right? But the, uh, the total embodiment, we're not just talking about, oh, I want to have, you know, Laird Hamilton's body and his wife, who's absolutely gorgeous too. Um, I want to have that Laird Hamilton lifestyle. I want to be able to surf it at all times. I want to be able to look out and see just beauty in nature, but beauty in nature in a form of crystal clear ocean water. Like there are so many contexts behind that. And the deeper that you drill into that lifestyle, that why, that's when you get the compelling uh, motivation. That's when you get and connect to that deeper connection of bed busting out of bed and going, you know what, I'm not going to skip surfing today because I'm already working on my business and I still want to have amazing surf sessions and not feel like crap by not being a good surfer and also I'm going to get in and work out because you know it, and it goes on and on and on it has all these underlying connections and the more you get connected on a personal level to it the more motivated you are on a consistent basis purposefully intentionally because we're talking about why and purpose I feel this is a good time to go back to you said at the start of the podcast, you had the paradigm shift of that the heart leads the mind, right? And so I want to ask you about this right now because I feel there might be a connection here. So what happened, like, first of all, what was the moment that made you realize that it wasn't the mind that led the heart? It was the other way around that the heart leads the mind. What spearheaded that change for you? I had an experience and for the longest time, I had a business partner in my transformation studio here in Miami. And he was always the rah-rah, you know, connect to your heart, spirit, universe guy. And that was always his role. And I was always the hard ass, just get shit done, you know, work the strategy, you know. And it, the marriage of us together worked really well. When people needed that, that pat on the back and that, that hug, they always went to him. When they needed that ass kick and they needed that encouragement and they needed that, you know, that warrior archetype, they would come in to me. Well, I bought him out about two years ago and I started noticing there was this really big gap in heart in our business, a really big gap. Like we were starting to miss it and I went, holy shit, man, I didn't realize just how much he contributed in his superpower and I... I I'm getting goosebumps even talking about it right now, but I, I went, I have to grow. Like if I'm going to powerfully serve here, I genuinely thought that we would be a lot better off with just me and my vision serving this. But you know what? I'm There's a gap. There's a really big gap. And I suddenly had to grow. And I went and I got, I got coaching on it. I went and, and really just did a deep dive started addressing things like a, a lot of like that warrior shell that I built up was built around being sexually abused as a kid and feeling very less than confident in it. So I built this whole bravado and this physique and this mystique and, you know, this alpha male power. 
it, and it didn't serve me anymore. It got me to where I was, but it was going to be what held us back or what held my mission back. So I had to grow. And fortunately, I managed to get enough mentors that were demonstrating the, the opposite, where it was okay to be vulnerable and powerful at the same time. That, in fact, when you start talking about the things that are holding you back and you lean into them and confidently and boldly face them, it's actually powerful, not weakness. So, yeah. It was, and it's been a huge shift and it has made me grow like in leaps and bounds over the last probably about two years. Can you contrast how you were before versus Zach now, like a specific <laughs> example that the audience <laughs> might be able to wrap their head around a little bit more around what exactly you mean by that? Yeah, I, I, I can in a number of ways. I, I could probably give you about 15 examples rushing to the top of my head, but I will never forget the time I was up in front of the audience at my at, at one of my seminars about two years ago, and I looked out, and I realized, you know what? Last year at this time, I was belittling people for not having the, sorry about the mic dropping, um, about not having the, I guess, the, the connection to their motivation enough to push away food and emotional eating. And I, I, like I was kind of beating people up over it. And God, man, it's, I, it, it's hard to even admit now that I was that guy. It served its purpose for a number, of, a, a number of years, especially for me who battled emotional eating. Yet another way that feeling less than the 100% person I went to emotional eating. But the very next year, after doing all of this work, I'm up in front of the audience and I looked out and I go, guys, you know what? I'm going to admit three things to you I've never admitted before and I need to say it because I, this is a safe space for everybody to admit things. I have battled emotional eating. And then the freaking tear just started drop down my face. I go, man, I'm going to lose it right now. And I go, I have battled alcohol problems and I was sexually abused as a kid. And that, that one, I was just, I had never admitted that in front of an audience before. And I actually managed to hold it together. But that vulnerable admission contrasting comparative to the exact same seminar not but 12 months earlier and the difference in the person that was standing on stage delivering that message was night and day. And the person that it has attracted to me now is so different and so willing to go deep dive and so willing to really just make shit happen for themselves. I am so happy that I grew into that to be able to serve in that way. But that's one of probably about 15 examples I could give you. And so for someone that is at this stage where they feel they need to drop into their heart more and really connect more with that aspect of themselves, what would you suggest? Like, what did that journey look like for you? And is there any exercise or reflections or things that you can suggest for them to really start stepping to their heart more and being able to have more vulnerability in their life? Well, especially for men, seek 
another coach who is a heart-centered coach first, especially if you're showing up with like that, that alpha male bravado that's really holding you back. Man, I can't tell you how many executives that, man, they would cut their nose off in spite of their face just to save face or just to not be wrong as opposed to find a real solution to some of their issues. And if you can play full out and just find one coach, and I'm a huge believer in coaching, man. And I don't just say that because I do it. I say it because the biggest leaps that I have ever made have come from coaching. It's come from having somebody standing on the outside of you, you coming from a place of vulnerability and admitting, hey, I need help with this. I am having a hard time connecting with being less than what the what I feel like the avatar in the world wants me to show up as, and I want to be more loving and caring and and just not have these things bother me anymore. I need help. Like doing that, it makes all the difference in the world. Um, and you know, facing my sexual abuse problems. Then seeing all of these coaches, especially I had a coach by the name of Rich Litvin. Um, go check out the Prosperous Coach. I, I watched him with all this respect and care. He could go from one minute where he boldly and confidently was telling this person off on what they should be doing to the next minute crying on stage talking about the birth of his kids. And it's just like, God, that's so powerful. And then he could go right back into character and be like, I'm sorry, character. It sounds like he's faking um, or he's acting. But he could go right back into his coach hat and be like, okay, you know, boom. Let's let's get back to serving and leading. And it's seeing it for yourself. It's feeling it for yourself. But then going and getting help and experiencing it. I'm pretty sure that you're a coach too, right? <laughs> You got, you got two that you can reach out to here. And I will have to say, asking for help is a massive thing. I had a coach and I came forward. We've talked about this about being bisexual on one of my podcasts. And so I was at a point in my life where when I released the podcast, there was about five people, close friends that I was talking to about it. And when Javon Langford, the coach, he really gave me that nudge to really come forward publicly about it to the whole world. I didn't know it was going to benefit me. It was the right thing to do. There's days when I look back, it's like, you know, did that make sense? But you know, like really when the big message is that now I can talk about it and it's like, I was living in shame and secrecy and silence for so long with it. And I had no one to reach out to, but because I've come forward now, I have like three key people I can talk to about it. There's people that I can, I can talk on my podcast and it's done a lot of healing and it all started by asking him for help, talking about it. And then he gave me that nudge to really be more comfortable voicing it. So that way, when I was in those situations really of darkness and I need to talk to somebody, there's people I can turn to now and I would not go back and change it because even though a part of me is just like, did I do the right thing or not? It's like, it's growing me. It's helping me move forward. And that's the biggest thing. And I'm still on that path and that journey, but it's for sure has helped me so much just because I asked for help and am now able to reach out to other people and talk to them about it. And, and beautiful segue, beautiful piggybacking. Um, it, what you guys here in the audience didn't get an opportunity to hear was, uh, before we even started this podcast, actually, when we recorded a podcast, man, months ago, 
Philip and I had a conversation about him coming out and it was still fairly new at that point, right? It was still yeah. a little edgy for you. And, you know, it, it blew my mind to hear you talking about it. And I was like, man, you know, what would I do if I had somebody that, that came to me and I had to coach them like that? And I, I dove deep. I, man, I think that was just as much a conversation of me trying to learn how to coach somebody that came out as bisexual as it was us like talking and podcasting together. It was a really good talk. And then immediately afterwards, I had two people in particular that were having similar issues and like deep, dark closet shit, like stuff that they really didn't want to admit. And then suddenly, just because I had the experience of talking with you about it and learning from you and then sharing at how proud I was of you and how powerful even your story was to me and how it expanded my own personal consciousness, boom, two people come to me seeking coaching about it and it was like, wow, that happened for that reason. And we hold ourselves back so frequently with these deep, dark, like skeletons in the closet that quite frankly, they're really not that scary when we face them head on. Um, and uh, episode one in my Epic Life podcast literally is how to be crazy, courageous, and confident. And it's literally the definition of um, courage is not the lack of fear, but it's looking fear in the face and acting in spite of it. And that's exactly what you did. And that's exactly what these men did. And it gave me an opportunity because you were bold and courageous to help other people be more courageous. So it isn't the lack of fear that's holding us back. I'm sorry. It isn't fear that's really holding us back. It's the lack of facing the fear that's holding us back. And just like a muscle, the only way ever to get courage and confident is to work out the courage and confident muscle in the face of fear. And similar for me, there's two guys that reached out to me since that time. And one guy's actually come forward publicly about being bisexual. And a lot of that is because I came forward too, and I've been able to talk to him about it. And so now when he's in his dark moments or, you know, questioning things, he can talk to me about that. Right. And so it's really powerful when you step into your light, you shine the light for other people. And if you actually look at the Latin root word of the word courage is to tell your story with your whole heart, right? And so we all have the opportunity to tell our whole story with our whole heart. But a is lot it of it really, us, yeah, is it really? Yeah. You're going to make me go and redo my podcast. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. I totally interrupted your flow, but man, I love the, man, we need to talk more, dude. <laughs> We're going to do a monthly call from now on. Yes, we are. We're Amazing. masterminding, dude. Are you in my Epic Life Tribe? Have I put you in there? I don't believe so, no. I, I, you're in there, man. <laughs> you're in there. So sorry, dude. I didn't know that about, about courage, man. Here I did thought I did all my homework, man. And yeah, we need to talk more. <laughs> I do want to go, when we talked last time and you brought up emotional eating, this is something that you had been diving into the time. Are you still looking into emotional eating and cravings? Is that something that you're kind of passionate about and still talking about and something you're doing in your coaching right now? I help a lot of people around it. It's just by virtue of what I do with people coming into me, mainly in my physical studio for weight loss and, and getting into a better physical shape. Um, 
emotional eating is something I've, I have had a very big attachment to because I've battled it myself and kind of created a niche around helping people out of it. But, um, almost none of my coaching that I do virtually, which is now about 80% of my coaching practice, um, is related to actually it's very minimal exercise stuff. It's just enough to capitalize on being your best self. Um, I answered your question, but if you had a question around emotional eating, man, uh, like I'm your guy. So, well, the reason why I had to ask is because I read your blog post that you have on your website about it and you've noted, well, what the article said is you've, people, your clients, you've noticed they've been dropping their diets more and more, right? They're kind of giving in. And so I was curious to know in your coaching, like, you know, what do you think is causing these patterns, right? It's like, why are people having a hard time? Like, I definitely find when I'm stressed out or anxious, I go back to eating and like, it's a very good way of relieving stress. And so, you know, like what's triggering it for people? And then what would you recommend in those situations? Like not to go, because emotional eating is such a simple way of de-stressing the mind and anxiety. What would you recommend in those situations? Well, you know, first it's coming to understanding that if you look at any kind of addiction and, and emotional eating is, is an addiction. I mean, you're eating into your feelings, you're eating into, uh, you essentially do you get hooked on a lot of like the fats or the preservatives or the, um, sugars or the caffeines that are, or the alcohol that are in any of these substances that, that essentially turn into drugs. You're looking at an addiction. And, you know, you have the psychological component and then you have the physiological component of it too. And it's understanding that usually you are, you fall into these traps because there's something lacking or there's something missing. And instead of having an ideal coping tool, you have something that's doing more harm to you as a coping mechanism. And, you know, that's strategy. That's just base level mind think. So, if you understand what it is, you have the capability of turning around and going, okay, I know the strategy, but what's triggering it? You know, what, what, why am I really going towards alcohol to numb myself? Why am I going towards alcohol or why am I going towards sugar when my girlfriend starts arguing with me? Um, why when my boss or I've had a really stressful day, why am I going towards caffeine and, and sugar after work to boost me up and, and lift me up. You know, it, we, we kind of have to dig into that and then just go, okay, I know the triggers. What new behavior do I want to have? Or how do I want to feel? And then connecting to that why, connecting to a, a greater and bigger way of being that you want to have. And then playing full out emotional eating is one of those where I, man, I, I have, you got to get coaching for it. That's one of those where you just, you either have to go to a support group or go to coaching. And I, I did, I just had a seminar in my studio on it and man, I had a guy that went to overeaters anonymous stand up and speak up and dude, he moved half the room to tears, but he got coaching and I've been helping him a lot through this. And immediately we had four people that came in and four people that now don't have any of the problems anymore. Here we are about six months later. Um, so it's understanding why you're doing it, understanding what it really is, which it's a, a coping mechanism. It just gets hardwired into an addiction and 
then turning around, connecting to your why, wanting to know what you're going to do about it, and then following through, but then having a, an accountability partner, a motivator help you through it. I do want to ask if you had to, and this is more of a higher level, one mindset for transformation. If somebody came to you and they're not going to hire a coach or like, you know, I really want to transform and I want to shift myself. What would be like the one thing that you'd want them to focus on to really be able to start transforming themselves going forward? Go get a freaking coach's book. <laughs> if you're going to do it yourself and, and you need to cheat. And look, there was a point in time I couldn't afford coaching. And I started off in all of this with a, uh, I want to I think the very first book that I had was Psycho Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. And what really came out of that was the whole fake it until you make it thing. And I believe the second book I ever had, and we're talking about my college days. Um, and it's funny cause this is in my instant and lasting motivation book that I'm releasing in January. Uh, the whole story behind this. Um, the second book that I had, oh, what was Tony's book? Tony Robbins, um, Unleash the Giant Within, Awaken the Giant Within. There's Awaken the Giant Within or Unleash Unlimited Power. Unlimited it's, Power. It's, unle it's the Unleash one. And then the second one I had was, I have it on my shelf. What, why am I even asking? I have it. I have it in the thousands of books that I have on my shelf over here. Um, I went and got a coach's book and a coach's strategy and started applying it. And then I figured out a way to be able to afford a coach. I believe in it that much, man. I do believe in, in coaching that much. Go get a coach's book. And if that strategy doesn't work there, let's put it this way. There are so many podcasts there. I mean, you are, you pick up your phone or your computer and you are a Google search away from every strategy on earth. Like anybody wanting to get started, we aren't at a lack of information at all. That's an excuse if, if somebody says, oh, I didn't know what to do. You didn't do a Google search. Too lazy to do a Google search. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's tough, dude. You're too, I mean, you're too lazy. Dude, hold. Hold down your button on your iPhone and say, Siri, find uh, programs or steps to fix emotional eating. I mean, it's, it's that simple. But that, that's just talking about strategy. Now, you want to talk about, and ooh, here we go, man. This is Tony Robbins 101 right here. Just finding a strategy, it's really easy, but you have to have and fix your state and your story too. So strategy is easy. That's all the head stuff. But the story that you have wrapped up around it, why you can or can't, and then your state of being, like the frame of mind that you're in when you're doing it, or your frame of being, how you're showing up with every sense and with your sixth sense, which is your heart sense. You know, like all of that, it's really tough to identify and do yourself. It really requires either intense journaling and being straightforward like crazy or cutting in line and going and getting a coach. I love it. I do want to ask because we're going to be wrapping up here in a little bit. It is the holiday season when this podcast will be coming out. Sidebar question, what is the best Christmas gift you've ever received? Nico, back as far as you want into your childhood if you need to for this one. Wow, best Christmas gift. 
man, you're making me dig deep here. Man, I tell you what, my wife, <laughs> my this is how amazing my wife is, and this is not a Christmas gift, but this is a gift that I just got. I, my birthday was on December 4th. I just turned 41, and, and my wife got me a juicer. It was a great gift, man, um, absolutely amazing gift. But a few days later, we met on December 7th, about three years ago. She knew in an off-handed conversation we had. I mean, it was just random. She knew I had always wanted a globe to go on my desk, but it was always because I wanted to be able to have the world in my hands. Like, it, it, it was a metaphor. If she didn't get me this freaking thing, um, what I don't even know what day it is. I know this is going to be premiering December 18th, but yeah, I mean, I just got this a couple days ago from her. I cried like a baby like that i mean it was so thoughtful jeez man i i can't remember a really more thoughtful gift i mean some of that have had really really big impact but this one like i mean it, it was big for me for a number of reasons but there you go man we'll have to get your wife to listen to the end of the podcast so she knows that you gave her a lot of credit for it it's date night, man. So you know I'm gonna wind up playing. Uh, I'll wind up. Oh no, I didn't record this because we're not on Skype. Damn it! <laughs> I'll send you the recording. Don't worry. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> I gotta get those brownie points, man. Talk a bit about the coaching that you do for people that might be interested in working with you. Give a little bit more context to what it is that you do and how people can find you. Um, easiest way to find me. ZachMarcy.com. I actually have a coaching application page on there. Um, you. The best way to get a hold of me, I am starting January 1st, I'm writing an email a day. My, I have a business coach that I work with and his big thing is writing an email a day to connect with people and you will start receiving that. I have a kind of a lifestyle brand that I'm releasing right now called Motivate Me Every Day and you can go to motivatemeeveryday.com and get signed up for a motivational quote every day. Now, side note, do not just use this as mental masturbation. Mental masturbation is going and reading like 500 memes and thinking you've done the deep inner work as opposed to taking just one meme or taking just one intention and just one purpose making that a part of whatever you're going to develop yourself into that day. For instance, today, um, I have four affirmations that I'm regurgitating over and over and over, but I'm using it as a way of being. I am powerful. I am passionately purposeful. Actually, hold on. Let me assume the posture. Let me go into state here. I am powerful. I am passionately purposeful. I am present and I am positive. Instead of it just being some really cool words that I, I say, I'll, I'll trigger it and go, okay, how am I being this? Am I doing this in the moment? So you want to get coaching from me, start with that. Go download or go and opt into my um, email list at Motivate Me Every Day. You'll get the nine steps to instant lasting motivation, but then start this whole thing by embodying how I'm coaching you and that's free 
that you just got, you got a little strategy right there by listening to this podcast. And if you like what I produce, you can either buy my book, um, which is coming out in January, and you'll be on the advanced list, the, the launch team, which by the way, Philip, you didn't know it, but you're on that team. Um, so you'll get a free copy of it. And also, I am producing a um, virtual course that goes in conjunction with it that will be released in January as well. But you have to be on Motivate Me Every Day. You have to be on that MotivateMeEveryDay.com list in order to get that information. Talk about the book really quickly. What is, give a little bit more context about what the book looks like. Instant and lasting motivation. It, what I do initially is I break up the con the misconceptions about what motivation really is. A lot of people think that um, a temporary inspiration is what motivation is, and motivation is so much deeper. Motivation in and of itself, the root word is motive, and it's connecting to your why, connecting to your true underlying motivation. And then it cre uh, I create an exact framework, an exact nine, nine steps, nine tips, in order to live a life where you instantly connect to your motivation and have that instant motivation last for eternity, for the rest of your life. That's what the book is all about. It's done in nine simple steps, and it's just, it really is all about getting crystal clear on your motives for your motivation. Well, there you go. I'll link out all that in the show notes, and I'll even link out some of your social media as well so people can track you down quite easily. Zach, Thanks, it has sir. been amazing. It is always great to connect and chat with you. We're going to have to make this a regular monthly call going forward. We need to and talk, man. <laughs> we do. I grow every time we talk, man. I love it, dude. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much, and it's been a pleasure. Likewise, man. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, my conversation with Zach Marcy. Hopefully you enjoyed that as much as I did. I always like to summarize one main point, one big takeaway that I had from the podcast. And with Zach, it really is about understanding your why and what drives you to do something. The example that I take from the podcast is when me and Zach were talking about surfing, and he said, I'm going to take it one meta level deeper for you and asked me, what is it about surfing that appeals to me? And I said, freedom. And he said, that's what it is about the surfing lifestyle that really draws me is the freedom to be able to do anything that I want when I want and having full control. And that's why the lifestyle of an entrepreneur appeals to me because it's really about having the leisure to go do things when I want to and not being dictated by a boss or a schedule. And so really understanding your why, what it is that drives you. As Zach talked about, if you look at the root of the word motivation, it's motive and motive is really understanding what it is and why we do something. And so as the new year approaches, a lot of people set goals for January 1st. The thing that I ask is set aside 15, 20 minutes with your goals, but go one level deeper. Why are these goals important to you? Are these egoic goals something that your ego is driving and they're superficial and you're trying to maybe impress people in your life? Or are they truly heart-centered and they are they deep and really aligned with who you are and what it is you want to achieve in the world? And really it's more about following with the heart-centered goals because the ones that are deeply connected to your core, you're going to have longer lasting motivation for to execute on. That is the last thought I want to leave you with for this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. 
If you did, jump onto my email list at philipsprinsky.com, get the latest episodes sent directly to you. And if you know somebody that needs to hear this podcast, share it along. It's the one way this podcast continues to grow again and again. Thank you so much for tuning in and happy holidays to everyone.